This is a special recording for RPG A Day 2018, presented by Dave and Matthew, hosts of the Coriolis Effect podcast. Hello and happy Monday. It's day 13 of RPG A Day and Dave and I are here from the Coriolis Effect to share our answers to the questions. And Dave, what have you got for us today? Yeah, answers. I mean, they're kind of like random musings and thoughts, really. You know, you could have thought we might have planned this a bit better, but never mind. Today's question, day 13, my favourite number. Uh, I used to have a character called Agent 13, didn't I? In um, You did. He was great. Golden, golden Heroes. Golden Heroes. Yeah. Anyway, question for today. Describe how your play has evolved. Right. Mm. I, I can answer this one. I think my play is always evol- evolving. And what I've noticed most recently, I think, is really being influenced by the rise, some might say, the glut of games that are powered by the apocalypse. Have you played yeah. any of those, Dave? I'm not sure that I have, actually. No. No, I don't think I've played any with you. No. Um, I think it'd only be with you that I'll have played them, because... Uh, no, I yes. don't think I have. So the first the first game that was powered by the Apocalypse was called Apocalypse World. It's a post-apocalyptic um, thing. Uh, and it goes for low prep. So it, particularly in um, character generation... You don't have to roll all that many dice or make all that many decisions. You get a playbook, you cross some things off and you pick some options. You give it a name and Bob is your auntie's living lover or probably your post-apocalyptic scrapper. Um, <laughs> and there have been lots, loads of games have come off. So two of my favourites, uh, one is called The Warren, which is basically uh, playing um, Watership Down. There's a game we'll have to play, which is Watership Down, set on the battlefields of Passchendaele at some point. (laughs) I think you mentioned that before, actually. Yeah, the idea of being a rabbit in Passchendaele sounds like a blast, that does. Yeah. And another (laughs) one, again, wartime, is uh, playing lesbian bomber pilots in the Second World War uh, on the Eastern Front, Um, which is actually true. Well, I don't know whether... All the bomber pilots fighting for Russia on the Eastern Front were lesbians, but uh, the implication is that a good number of them were. And so there's there's all those sorts of games. And basically, you don't worry too much about character prep, which means you don't actually worry too much about backstory creation. There's a couple of clues in there you throw in there, and then, of course, your backstory develops through play. And there's a kind of tenet of Apocalypse World games, which is play to find out. Yeah. So I have, I've noticed over the last year or so, worried less and less about character backstory. And I'm willing to find out what the connections I have with the other players are, what my history is, uh, what my part in the world is through play. Mm. Interesting. Now, I mean, I like that idea very much. I think for me, I've probably gone through the, over the 40 years of playing, the same or very similar evolution in the way people play generally you know everybody goes through 
if, certainly if you start young. And so, you, you know, some of my earliest experiences or memories of playing D&D back at school was getting new guys to come and join us so you can kill their starting characters and take their starting money. <laughs> uh, and then that would evolve into... A good and honourable profession. <laughs> it doesn't... Yeah, it's not kind of the open, inclusive uh, welcome that I think most role players would want to give to a new player. But, you know, these were they were sprogs. I was a fourth or a fifth year, so it didn't really matter. It probably doesn't help in terms of question eight that we answered earlier on. How can we get more people playing? No, no, certainly not. Don't do that is my answer to how to get people (laughs) playing as a start. Um, But then you go through the phase where you have the team infighting. And we had quite a long phase of that, I think, with uh, the players considering each other. Plotting against each other. Yeah, other John Lerner comes to mind. Well, I think we all did it a bit, but John was the expert. Mike Lerner comes to mind. Most of the learners Dave come Webb. to mind. Dave Webb was good at it. Andy yeah. was quite good at it. I mean, we all we all had our moments, I'm sure. Andy Brick never, never played a character who was part of the group, did he? Ever? He did. He did like to play loners, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Didn't he? And he'd always go off and do something on his own, and we'd end up <laughs> killing him. Yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, you can't He's trust a great someone GM, like that, can you? But an infuriating fellow. <laughs> Uh, so I think we've, I think we've all gone through that kind of uh, evolution to the point where collaborative, narrative, story-driven stuff is a bit more bit more interesting. And games like uh, Ten Candles and Fiasco, which some of the, my group now here are starting to play. Um, uh, um, which are great games, but I think you you learn a broader style as you as you evolve into the games. Your objectives in the game move beyond acquiring money and acquiring good gear and being the most yeah. powerful player. I think you move beyond that quite quickly. Yeah. Cool. cool. So that's question 13 solved and answered. In Tomorrow, we'll look at question 14. Yep, we will. See you then, guys. See ya. Bye. This podcast special was brought to you by RPGGods.org and FictionSuit.org. RPG A Day is an idea from David F. Chapman of Autocratic.com with the support of CastingShadowsBlog.com and Will Brooks. Music is by Stars on a Black Sea and used with permission of Free League Publishing.